Hello and welcome to the Rogers Brief. I'm Adam Rogers. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening if you're catching this on Apple or Spotify podcast. I'm going to give you my analysis of the Mass Casualty Commission's interim report, which was uh, just released this afternoon. This is uh, May 2nd. And the report uh, was uh, 171 uh, pages in a PDF document, uh, which was quite long. Uh, 84 of those pages, or 80 or so of that, was actual content. The rest were appendices, uh, some of the decisions and other documents that the Mass Casualty Commission has already produced were included in the report to give it that 171-page uh, length. But interesting, uh, it was released late in the day today. It was sometime uh, after 4 o'clock. Uh, I only saw it. Well, I wouldn't have been able to read it any earlier. Uh, I was uh, doing a board meeting for Engage Nova Scotia until about 4 o'clock. So. But I thought it was interesting. I was kind of watching for it to be released during the day because we knew it was going to be released and posted to the website today. And I thought it was interesting and maybe not surprising that it was released late in the day, uh, too late to make any of the uh, evening news programs here in Atlantic Canada. So uh, that was an interesting decision on their part, not wanting uh, the interim report, which is sort of a major milestone in a, in a commission such as this, uh, to make the news. So my summary of it is this. This report could have been written and may have been written before proceedings started. There was nothing in this report that was new uh, or um, you know, seemed to be in any way a reaction to what we've been seeing in the public proceedings. And I'll talk about that, uh, what I mean a little bit. Probably, if anybody was familiar with the Mass Casualty Commission's website and has sort of navigated their way through there, that's close to 90% of at least what is in this report. The rest of it is sort of summaries and sort of connecting uh, paragraphs and pages for those items that are already in the uh, uh, in the public sphere through the Commission's website. So they uh, broke the report into sort of four major sections and then one small section at the end. They uh, talked about the background of the Mass Casualty Commission, how it was formed, talked about designing the inquiry that laid out their, the vision and values of the Mass Casualty Commission, well, the commissioners, I should say, uh, that they were going to take a restorative approach, as we all know, and a layered approach, as they describe it. So they talk about that, how that's uh, been designed. We all were familiar with that now. And they talk about phase one being the evidentiary phase, as they called it, building the core evidentiary foundation. And then phase two, which is part four of the report, which we've just kind of started doing now in uh, in real time of what they call broadening the lens and evidentiary foundation. And then the uh, last part was what they call a call for continued engagement. So at the end of this report, they're welcoming people to provide further feedback, um, answer more questions about impact of uh, the, the casualty events and everything else. So, so like I say, there was, uh, and, and this was uh, more or less as I predicted a few times in the last week, if you've been watching the videos, there were no findings of fact. And that I think is an appropriate thing for this report. Appropriate in that we haven't really uh, achieved uh, in any in any part of the 13 and a half hours, we haven't completed the factual evidence for any part yet. So it would be premature for the commission to be making any findings of fact. They went a step further. They didn't talk about any of the evidence at all. There was no discussion of any evidence that has been heard, uh, any of the uh, 
factual witnesses, foundational document material, anything relating to the mass casualty itself. None of that evidence was discussed whatsoever in this report. They also uh, refrained from making any recommendations, which again uh, is also appropriate at this stage because it would be premature. Now they do talk about, they, they signal that they're going to talk about the alert ready system as we could all have imagined. And they talked about that for a few paragraphs just to say, okay, here's how we're going to do these things. You know, they have some evidence on the alert ready system, how that is supposed to work or what, what the capabilities of the system might be or may have been and, and now are now. And then some, they'll have a, an expert report that discusses how that should work. And at the end, they'll make a recommendation in that area. So they, they sort of walk through how that will work, but again, didn't mention any of the specifics of the case in doing so. In the report as well, they talk about the process and we've all seen this. This is, they, they talk about the difference between an inquisitorial process and an adversarial process. The adversarial process is what we're used to seeing in uh, civil trials, uh, anything is uh, criminal trials, anything you see on television, you've got one lawyer on one side, one on the other, and you know, the, the adversarial uh, process unfolds, witnesses, cross-examination, so on. And the inquisitorial process is used in some European countries uh, more so, but it is sort of, imagine the judge directing the trial, directing the investigation, and then making their own conclusions uh, with some assistance from lawyers, but not um, led by uh, the counsel or, or tested in the same sort of adversarial format. So they described that. Uh, they didn't, in my view, defend the, their choice of inquisitorial versus adversarial. I think the you know, big part of it is trying to save time uh, and not have extended uh, witness days of witnesses and and the questioning that can uh, go on for some time with that they also talk about in the report emphasize how this is the commission is an official independent process and how they operate at arm's length now those are two different things uh, because the commission isn't exactly independent while they do operate at arm's length from government, in other words, government is not directing their day-to-day -day operations, choices they make, who, you know, who they should choose for investigators or staff or whatever, but the government could, uh, because of the structure of an inquiry, they could amend the orders in council, they could cancel the entire thing at any point, and that is a government decision, so it is not the case that the Mass Casualty Commission is independent of government they're completely dependent on government but they operate independently and there's some there's a distinction there that's certainly relevant but i noticed throughout the report particularly in the early stages the commissioner seemed to be going out of their way to take personal ownership of the mass casualty commission proceedings uh, they talk about how they chose the team they chose the investigators they chose the the legal t uh, support team that they have around them considerable legal support team they directed the investigation remember they talked about an inquisitorial process well they're they're involved the commissioners are involved in choosing uh talking about who's going to get interviewed what topics are going to be covered uh, how that's all going to unfold and of course they designed the process and so they are the ones that are making the decisions about witness panels, round tables, the, this, what I've called the 
the disorienting approach to the evidence presentation, that is the commissioners that are making those decisions. So it was very interesting. They took uh, quite, uh, you know, if anything out of this report, I would say the emphasis they placed on their own authority over uh, the proceedings was uh, noteworthy. All right, so a couple of other things caught my eye. One is that they brought attention to statements that they've been receiving from uh, members of the public about the perceived at least lack of mental health support uh, after the mass casualty in the area. They, uh, the commissioners note that they are uh, they're alive to these issues and they are do, doing a trauma-informed process, but they are not presenting themselves as mental health service providers. That has to be done by government or other agencies. There are services on site, I understand, and they, they made a point of mentioning that. And they also mentioned that their one of their main goals, given the, especially given the short time frame they mentioned, is the of building resilience and capacity in the community to address the long-term mental health implications of uh, a mass casualty such as this. So, not sure how they're going to exactly do that, but that is uh, one of their priorities. They talked about uh, last, uh, last thing I'll cover in depth is they they talked about the foundational documents and the. You know, we have all these foundational documents, and yet, of course, they don't reference any of them in making any even preliminary factual determinations for the purposes of this interim report. The, they do note that the preliminary versions of these foundational documents was these large statement of fact documents that they've been uh, presenting occasionally through commission counsel to the public. The preliminary versions of those were sent to participants in August of 2021, so last August. Remember that we were supposed to start hearings in late October, October 26th, didn't start until uh, the 1st of February, uh, in February. So, and they talk about these two months of meetings. There was two months of meetings where legal counsel for all the participants were meeting with commission counsel, going through these foundational documents with the goal of, you know, talking about any discrepancies and all those sort of things. So anybody that's been watching the Mass Casualty Commission proceedings will know that the participants lawyers have been very critical of those documents and saying that the versions that have been presented to the public bore little relation to what they were provided as draft documents and and the ones that they were uh, had seen before so there was uh, so that was really interesting i thought a fairly pointed criticism of the commission and the commission process and really pointed to me that these two months of meetings were really a waste of time you know there was Many complaints about the foundational documents and about the process of uh, trying to, you know, come together on these, on these, uh, you know, factual narratives. Yet, you know, instead of that, why not? They had these preliminary documents ready in August. They could have said, all right, here they are. These are preliminary. We'll use these as the foundation to question witnesses. All right. Put the witness up, question them, allow them to be cross-examined shorten those examinations by having these foundational documents identify any mistakes and just do that could have been doing that for two months instead of this process process which many of the lawyers involved said was a real waste of time so i thought that was uh, significant enough that the commissioners would have said something about it directly but rather than that they said the interim report says that the meetings were quote effective collaborative mechanism they were an effective collaborative mechanism not sure the people uh, participating would agree with that. Uh, like I said, complaints were not even acknowledged. And that was a really, I guess, um, 
besides the commissioners taking ownership of the situation, the other uh, major, I guess, conclusion or, or take I, I, I have from this report is that there was no acknowledgement whatsoever of critiques that have been um, directed at the commission. No attempts to refute criticisms that have been uh, owed in the public, owed in the media, you know, coming from participants, from the families. Uh, there was just really no no reaction to those. And that's so when I say uh, open with saying, well, this report uh, could have been and may have been written prior to the proceedings beginning. That's one of the reasons I say that is because there was there's no real acknowledgement that there's been you know, weeks uh, and months now of proceedings where there's been some dispute about the, you know, meaning, meaning of certain evidence and uh, the usefulness of certain time being spent. So I thought that was interesting too, that that wasn't even acknowledged. So uh, the rest of the report, uh, phase two, they're sort of projecting into the future here because we've just uh, really started that. Some, some of these reports are available on the commission website uh, and I've read some of them talking about policing community and uh, violence those are sort of the research areas for the future we're going to see reports coming out on the the duty to warn the public the police that have a certain duty critical incident decision making uh, by police uh, sharing of intelligence uh, between different police agencies uh, crime in rural communities particularly uh, well they don't say this in the report but perhaps we'll talk about uh, Wartman's uh, smuggling activities and connections to uh, gangs and other criminal organizations uh, the psychology of uh, shooters mass shooters and you know signs of trouble you know things that you you know shooters or, or killers have in common that person may be able to observe in advance so that's uh, it looks like you know we're we still have some witnesses to uh, here from in with respect to phase one the the real you know evidentiary foundation so that'll take place now for the next while I'm not sure weeks uh, maybe longer but after that it sounds like we're going to be seeing witnesses that are providing expert reports and engaging in roundtable discussions on sort of uh, you know these research topics so it'll be a real change in in procedure well somewhat of a change in procedure for the commission uh, we'll see i mean we'll we'll get through these witnesses we'll see how that unfolds so we have some major witnesses this week some of the main officers who uh, have been subject to criticism are going to be testifying so i'll be watching for that uh it'll be um tuesday wednesday and thursday this week there's proceedings so i'll be watching that and providing reports to you but uh this was the report from the interim report required to be provided by the commission uh, other than being required, probably not much of a reason to release this report. And uh, so I'll save you the trouble of reading it. That was my summary. I hope you found that useful. And uh, again, thank you for watching and thank you for participating in all this. And we will see you next time.